You are now entering what can only be described as a true free speech zone where nothing is off limits and there is absolutely no censorship. Welcome to Open Mic with Boog Brand. Special guest, high cap clipazine on Instagram, Lord of the Memes, the Savage Gentleman. How are you tonight? What's going on? Well, all I can say is war, war never changes, but Vault Tech is your friend. <laughs> there you go. And that, that, that pretty much sums up your page for those who aren't familiar with you. Um, Always looking for a good time. Always looking to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, it, very active in the story section. Yes, yes. I am uh, way more active in stories than I am in the actual posts. So that's where I do all of my fun. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, name's Highcap. Uh, I started the Instagram, the original version of the Instagram page. Uh, well, it's a little bit about the backstory of the page. I started it probably about three or four years ago now. And it was right in the middle of when all of those ghost gun hearings were happening. You know, you had that you had that classic California senator holding an yeah. AR-15 saying that this is a ghost gun and people are talking about all of them, the just all of them and like the all of the massive incorrect terminology in regards to firearms parts and accessories and what they do and I was getting annoyed I'm going you know what I need to start my own IG page so that I can post stuff that I think is cool but also makes fun of these people (laughs) and just kind of what's going on what can I do for an Instagram name that makes sense and I thought wait a minute high cap which is cool like you're at high capacity and then clipazine because they were always, that was the, that was the word going around at the time was all these clipazines and whatnot. So I'm thinking, okay, let's, let's go with that. And ran that page for about a year until I got, and, and then I got zucked somehow for some reason. I don't know imagine what happened. Imagine that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> just imagine getting zucked. Yeah. Wow, that, was, that was before the cancel culture hit everybody. Yeah, it was, it was actually a, a bit ahead of the whole cancel like this was like kind of like early on when pages just started trying to dis you know started disappearing i'm like well that's strange and i was i was about where i, I was like i was around 1500 followers ish and i'm like oh well we'll start over again and most of them came back pretty quick and uh just kept going forward with it and uh Currently, in the last few years, my life hasn't been that interesting in the fact of like actually posting, you know, in the main, the main page, but uh, I try to post things in the story section that I think are relevant into the current times and funny, a little bit edgy, and rock the boat a little bit. So that's kind of what I do with, with, with my page. Yeah, I I enjoy what you post up most of the time. I'm, you know, I constantly just scrolling through people's story sections i i don't get to play on there much but the stories are nice because you can just click on one and just let them play through and mm-hmm. you can avoid the ads even better 
Oh yes, yes. I mean, yeah. When the the death of IG was when you started seeing all the sponsored ads that you couldn't get away from. You know, I I didn't even think it was. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just like this hyper integration of Facebook and Instagram, and you can't have one without the other type deal. It's. And mm-hmm. you know, I actually had this discussion with somebody today about you know the evolution of Facebook, where it used to really be. All they wanted to do was have social interaction on there. And then you started gradually seeing businesses and you started gradually seeing it became a search engine. Yeah, it did. It it became its own ecosystem as far as that's concerned. And very much an echo chamber, as we all know now. So you can't can't say anything, you know, outside of what George Orwell says you're allowed to. So. Oh no, no, especially now. I mean, um, I mean, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. Sorry, I get the two mixed oh, up sometimes. Are are they different? I, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I remember the glory days of Facebook. Uh, you know, I remember when it started, and it was and it was a cool thing. It was just something where you could interact with your friends, and of course, people posted the most ridiculous stuff like they got a burger down at the 7-eleven or a slurpee <laughs> or something and yeah, then like, I don't need to you know, raise the roof me. and i'm just like no no i don't know and then there was the avalanche of cat pictures and everything else yeah. but it's just I mean, at its core it was fine yeah, the Facebook instant messenger was, was fun. yeah the instant messenger was was fun and still kind of is it's a good way to keep in contact with a lot of different people that you may know especially if they're overseas makes you know making phone calls overseas is still difficult for some reason i don't know why (laughs) and uh but yeah it's it's gotten to the point now like you said where it's its own self-contained and monitored ecosystem and it's just not fun anymore it's 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 a it's a landmine trap and it's interesting i i find it's either not fun or it's completely subjugated your brain matter and you're just addicted to it yeah yeah, and uh, I use my own personal Facebook for uh, my own reasons now, and that's more like an observation post than anything else, just to kind of see what's going on. And I don't really use it that much for really anything other than observation. I do post a few things here and there, but uh, nothing like what on, on Instagram. And heck, I remember this was pre or shortly after the election. It's like, you could go into Facebook, find any number of really cool groups and people were buying and selling legit stuff on there. Like people were buying and selling AKs, ARs, field equipment, all kinds of cool stuff, ammo that all got shut down. Like you can't even post a picture of that stuff anymore without you catching a, catching a seven day or 30 day ban. Right. And yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I actually know a guy who got, Banned off of Facebook for, I think he got a 21-day suspension for trying to sell a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not healthy anymore. It's, like you said, an echo chamber. It's barely better than Twitter. And uh, it's not the future of social media. Because, you know, I personally believe the world was a better place pre-internet. I really do. Uh, and, you know, I don't even necessarily say it was 100% pre-internet. I think pre-social media is the best way to put it. Yeah. Because, you know, I think, you know, if you want to be real, social media started way back in the chat rooms, right? You know? It's, it still does. There's The chat rooms still exist. The forums still exist. But Yeah. It, and that was, you know, an all-encompassing thing, and it kind of started there for the most part. And, 
yeah, people's lives started getting ruined by that stuff. Just being so enthralled with this virtual life that they just gave up on their real one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be anybody. You could do anything. So as long as nobody caught you in your lies, you could do whatever you wanted. You could be whatever you wanted. And I think that's part of the reason today we have so many online Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, or you know the the one before <laughs> that was the Vietnam sniper. Right. It's like, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, you bring up a really good point. I remember this quote years ago. I heard it. It was like people used to go online to escape real life for a little bit, and now people have to engage in real life to escape being online. Right. The uh, it, and it's 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 very pervasive, and it's you know. Not very up, not very wholesome, not very uplifting, and it just saps so much of your brain energy. Right. But the unfortunate reality is that social media is not going anywhere. It's going to exist in one form or another, and it's just a matter of how do we properly navigate it and use it appropriately for. Because you know, in and of itself, it's just just a tool. It's a tool for communication. It's a tool for putting out information. It's a tool for having fun. But it's just how you use it and how much time you spend on it is where the real quality of it comes from. And also how well it's being managed and for what purposes it's being managed at, at the higher levels. Right. So, I, I don't know. I, I, social media, I think Joseph Detmer said, you know, what more people need to do is like that. Um, it, it's a lot like me. I, Joseph mm-hmm. Detmer says, I don't use Facebook for anything other than keeping up with family. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's the only way to keep up with them. Like, I, I don't know if I've said it on stream before, but I literally have an uncle who I found out died a week and a half after the fact on Facebook. And not because somebody reached out to me. It was because somebody posted pictures of his funeral. Like, I would have loved yeah. to have gone. Yeah, it's... Well, this, this this points out to a classic thing of the human condition, which uh, humans are social creatures. We are we are a pack animal. Now, granted, certain individuals within the human race can handle certain levels of interaction or require certain levels of interaction more than more or less than others. But we require it. We meet. You, there's no human who can really survive very long without going insane, without some form of human interaction or social interaction. Right. And and in lieu of personal contact social media with the progression of the internet with the progression of social media human beings being creatures of habit and also of convenience will choose the easiest path overwhelmingly and have overwhelmingly replaced real human interaction with social media because it's easier it's it's another layer of defense against a possible threat and it's just become the norm now. You know, it wasn't that long ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, you, you had people who would still hold block parties or hold community get-togethers for your neighborhood so you knew who your neighbors were and stuff that yeah. was going on. And, you know, you actually had to remember people's birthdays and call them and see what was up and, you know, keep in contact with your neighbors and your close friends. And there was actually like, you know, people say social network today in the social media sense well that could be people all over the country all over the world well that's great but you know who are your homies within 15 minute drive mm-hmm. and that, that's actually a great point because that gets into something i got into last week um 
I actually gave for for those of you who were here last week, which it looks like. I mean, we got Operator Tony, we got American White Guy, we got Joseph Detmer. If Joseph's here, I'm sure um, you know Chamber Defense isn't far behind. I gave y'all homework last week to go out and actually introduce yourself to a neighbor because so many people, as and I said it last week, just don't even know the people who live even within a stone's throw of their house. And like, nope, if you have a security plan. And you don't know your fucking neighbor, you don't have a security plan. Nope. Nope. So I, I'm hoping everybody went out and did their little homework. I know I did um, introduce myself to a couple neighbors, you know, out walking around, just talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping everybody else did because that's that's what we have to do. And every week we have to do that to somebody new. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to rebuild this structure, rebuild this society and this community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody yeah, trusts you, anybody because nobody knows anybody except for those that are in their own little circle online. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, and online. I, how many people even know your coworkers? You may know their names. You may know if they have kids or if they're married, but do you really know them? I mean, for the most part, a lot of us spend 60% of our lives with these people, and we don't even know who they are. Well, then, it, well, depending on who they are and what you gather on the job site, there's a there's a valid question of do you really want to know them any further? Well, the, As, are the are, thing are, is, are they is, trustworthy? That, the <laughs> thing though is, if do you know them? If you mm-hmm. know that they're not trustworthy, and you know that they're the type of person who may try to take advantage of you, who may compromise your security, then at least you know that person. Mm-hmm. So, whether you want to know them or not. You do, and mm-hmm. you know whether or not they're an issue or not. So, yep. getting to know them doesn't mean being friends with them. It, it it means you know, getting out there, assessing the threat level that exists around you. Mm-hmm. You know, if everybody knew every one of their coworkers, let's be honest, there probably wouldn't be nearly as many casualties if somebody's fired. You know, he's everybody's going to know the guy who's got that short trigger, who's got that fuse or that mentality, who he could come back. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to take precautions if that happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't you don't take the guy who once said, you know, I could get I could shoot like four motherfuckers through that window off that water tower if I really wanted to. And just wipe him off the map. <laughs> well, you know, we're just going to sweep him under the rug. No, no, you pay mm-hmm. attention to that fucking guy. Because mm-hmm. he's thought about it. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, going back to the whole thing you mentioned about rebuilding society, I mean, you know, we're at a point now where through the overindulgent materialism, too much time spent online and no community building, and community understanding is that we are now all of us for the most part individual little atomized cells and households which then so we're basically starting with not even really a society anymore we're just a bunch of individuals that we have to build a society around and that is a very bad position to be in because it allows tyranny to be so easily implemented which some would argue we're seeing right now right like how are how are how are they implementing all of these 
unconstitutional or unlawful orders and mandates and getting away with it, well, there's in a lot of places, there's no organized method of resistance because it's just individuals resisting and individuals resisting do not have the resources and strength and manpower to effectively resist without getting crushed. Exactly. And no one and no one wants to be the next ant who gets stepped on. However, you don't want to put your foot. If you're stepping on ants, you don't want to put your foot in the whole hive. Exactly. And, and that's another thing. I mean, you're hitting on a lot of things we've, we've talked about here before. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing because it's, it's the truth. Like, yeah. when we yeah. talk about this, it's not meant to be just kind of like a washed under the rug thing. Like, we're in a shitty situation. You know, mm-hmm. especially in the 2A community, because I don't know if it was two weeks ago I said it. You know, we, each one of us, if anybody gets caught up and is fighting a law that's unconstitutional, we all know it's unconstitutional. Well, if we're all just sitting back playing, you know, armchair quarterback on our computers mm-hmm. and not out in the communities actually trying to fight the regulation that's in place, mm-hmm. that person who's fighting it in court is never going to get anywhere. Because at court, he's just one guy who means nothing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you got 60 people in that courtroom argue, arguing that that law is unconstitutional, now that judge is going to have to pay attention. Yeah, because they're, now they're fighting an actual group. They're fighting an association. They're fighting a community. Exactly. They're fighting a ton of voices or one voice that has a lot of pull behind it, a lot of support behind it, and a lot of resources. And unfortunately, when it comes to, you know, if the laws were actually followed the way they're, they're written and supposed to be followed per original guidelines, we wouldn't need courts and lawyers and everything. It's all about who tells the best story and is the most eloquent and can do the most I gotchas. And, you know, it's right. and but you the need courts, the courts are nice because you don't you don't want to end up with that whole kangaroo court situation either. So but are we are we not there already? Are we, we, we not in a kangaroo court situation already? We pretty much are because it, it's come down to the point where we just we have no option to, to do anything else. But yeah, it's as somebody like and, and I don't know how much you know of my background. Probably pretty minimal. Same as same as me to you. But mm. I spent more than fourteen years of my life as a felon in the court system fighting to get my rights back. Um. I succeeded. It took a long time. But and a lot of money, I bet, too. And it did take a lot of money. It's, uh, you know, there's certain individuals. It, I, I can say it has taken less money for me to do it than some individuals. But I went out and did the legwork. I read the statutes. I read everything. And I actually literally just brought a case to an attorney and said, hey, mm-hmm. I'm literally only using you for your connection with the district attorney at this point. That's it. And mm-hmm. I was up front about it, and we were a pretty good price. I mean, he basically took a $1,500 retainer in an attempt to basically circumvent the law. But not <laughs> use, not really. It's just using precedent that has been set before. So. Yeah, well, if it's precedent, it's precedent. And it sets the, you know, it's like, well, you guys exactly. did it. Why can't we? Exactly. Uh, and I, I want to point out Mario's thing here, and I've, you know, politics is a very interesting thing to talk about today because you have to be careful because you never know who's listening and who wants to dox who. But Mario brings up a good point here. He says, when we have a Republican president, we lay back. When we have a Democratic president, we like, you know, 
should be the other way around. Well, personally, both parties suck <laughs> immensely uh, because one side overtly actively hates the country or has become such and is trying to completely transform it into something awful. And the other side is just a bunch of corporate shills who care about their, their uh, corporate connections. And when they do have power, they don't do anything. They just sit on their hands Mm -hmm. and they don't, and they don't try to reverse any damage that's been done, roll stuff back. It's just, okay. It's, when you have one side in, it's a pause. It's just, it's, it's just a pause on the train. And then when the other side gets in, it's, you know, the, the train gets fired up and starts going to make up for lost time. And they're, and they're not shy about it either. Um, and that side is also incredibly, incredibly violent, both politically and physically and has no qualms about trying to ruin people's lives who stand in opposition to it, even if it's loyal opposition. It's like, I don't quite agree with what you're doing here. We should maybe adjust something. Nope, that person's canceled, thrown to the wolves, yada, yada. Thrown to the gulag in all but name. Right. And, and I don't disagree. And, and you know, I, I take that another step too and say Tony or to Mario that, you know, saying it should be the other way around is incorrect too. Like, mm. the, the problem is, is we should never rest on our laurels, regardless of who's in office. Like, mm-hmm. too many, too many individuals have come in. I mean, even Trump. Like, look, between the people that were presented, Trump was the best option for me. And unfortunately, the way the system is set up right now, it is a two-party system. And voting for anybody else is simply just taking away from the fact and and putting votes potentially that could have won this election into somebody else's pocket. Um, well, they are. Well, it doesn't seem to matter who well, we're having a whole bunch of court hearings right now where it doesn't seem to matter who you yeah. vote for. Uh, well, no, it matters what, if you vote one way, but if you vote another way, they seem to magically transform into the other guy's votes. Well, right? and, and, you know, and, and, and to not even go into that completely, like my big issue with it isn't even like, you know, a lot of these people are screaming, Oh, it's democratic you know, cheating or it's Republican cheating or whatever. And, you know, I mean, I've seen the video that came out. I've seen this other stuff and I've seen, I've, I've listened to it. Like I got nothing else going on while I'm sitting behind my desk at work most of the time. So I'm literally listening to this all day long and it, boring as fuck, but I'm an engineer. So I'm used uh-huh. to that. <laughs> um, but my biggest thing is, is, Regardless of that, I think the biggest person to blame is the media. I think all these people, I, I don't see with everything that's presented as this being some massive, there's some things that, you know, like the Dominion system, that issue, if mm-hmm. all of that comes out and seeing the point percentage, obviously mm-hmm. there's something fishy about it. One is one, regardless, how is there a point in this? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason to have a decimal place here. Um. But if take that away, I don't think there's anything that's legitimately organized nationally. I think a lot of these people who are doing this this garbage and this cheating, I think they were literally coerced by a media that's saying Trump is literally Hitler and the worst thing in the world. And if we don't get him out of office, the world is going to fucking blow up or some shit. Well, and all these people are so feeble-minded now 
by the controlled information that has been pushed down their throats for so long that they just go out and they think they're doing right. And this little cell of people got together and said, look, this is what we're going to do. And then they do it. And then because they're not smart enough to carry out something like this, they get caught on fucking camera doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, if this they, yeah, was legitimately they're... an op, you know, they're not going to be caught on camera. Not saying yeah. that the government people yeah. are smart enough to pull it off either, but... Joe, Joe Biden's been caught on camera a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of people have been caught Trump, on camera. Trump got, Trump got impeached for supposedly doing what Joe Biden on camera confessed to doing. It was the perfect phone call. Perfect <laughs> phone call. It was well, absolutely perfect. Yes, it was the best phone call ever. I mean, it was great. I mean, we talked to the guy. He had a good time. He agreed with me. You know, he said, yeah, we should look into it. And, you know, then, then things happened. But, All right, but on the so so this is this is an interesting point you bring up as far as the media and I I'm, I tend to agree but we have to look at it from a pillar system the media or what I'm going to call the mainstream or the traditional media or the the institution of media is a pillar of culture as is education as is finance as is all the, all, these other, all these other things so the arts uh, Hollywood. Every single institution of culture within the United States and the West and Western culture is seemingly dominated by one particular point of view. And the, to me, that's, that's very interesting. That can't be a coincidence, especially when people throw out the whole silent majority thing all the time. And I'm at a point now in my life where I don't believe in the silent majority. I, I think it's BS. Because if, if it is a majority, that would filter into every other aspect of life, and I don't see it. I have seen no evidence of the silent majority, especially when I see, quote-unquote, official poll numbers and voting numbers. It's yeah. very much a 50-50, if not 60-40 at this point. And the media, yeah. like what you've mentioned before... They come from the old institutions of journalism, which I believe in the West is dead. They're not journalists anymore. They are propaganda arms. You, the old school journalism, which exists in very few places anymore, presents you the facts of what has transpired and what has happened and gives you a little bit of context so you can kind of understand the bigger picture and then leaves it up to the reader or viewer to make up their mind of how they feel about it. Anything you watch or read today, for the most part, tells you what to feel about what has happened and presents, and presents their bias towards it instead of leaving themselves out of it as far as just being a journalist. So mainstream media, in my opinion, is a propaganda wing, nothing more. Uh, it's very, like you mentioned, Animal Farm, Orwellian, everything else. It's, it's what the media today, especially with social media, is the Ministry of Truth. And we're already seeing it, uh, and, you know, and, and they actively engage in censorship. We're already seeing the fact with fact checkers and not being able to share links on certain stories or post certain pictures. They're immediately flagged, taken down. Um, it's funny. No, there was no, there were no fact checkers until people started calling the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pardon, pardon, pardon my French. Oh, you can but, say whatever you want on our channel. Yeah, but it's the truth. Yeah. But taking taking even a further view back, I mean, 
I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an amateur historian. I've, I've always been a history nut since I was a kid. What we're seeing now is nothing new from the standpoint of a cycle of history. Uh, our, our current, if we want to use America in particular, but it can be applied to the rest of Western culture because everybody sees, seems to be in a similar boat, we're very much in a Weimar Republic stage. We've, we've lived high and mighty. We've emptied our pockets way too much. We've, div we've divulged, we, we've indulged ourselves in decadent pleasures and amusements for way too long. And we're in a state of massive societal decay. And there's a wake up happening to this. Now, unfortunately, from a standpoint of history, there's one of three possible outcomes to this. And this has been repeated so many times in history that it's, I'm not even going to provide examples because right. it's a 200 year cycle it, of every empire. Yeah. Yeah. You will either see a restoration of the West or the American Republic, we'll see a complete political domination by one by an extreme viewpoint of one side or the other um, or we'll see a balkanization occur like what happened in the former Yugoslavia in in the 90s where the society became so fractured among so many different lines that it just broke apart of the seams and then when that happened each little group kicked kicked everybody out who they didn't like until everything stabilized uh, the sad part from the standpoint of history is that the first one I mentioned, which we're going to call the good one, the restoration of the West of the American Republic, is statistically speaking the least likely outcome. Yeah, and, and to that point too, it's almost as though, I mean, if you really look at it and you take those three outcomes and you take that one to the side, because let's be honest, the majority of the people who are controlling the minds or trying to control the, the minds with the energy and, and everything – the majority of those people, they don't want that. They don't like the American Republic the way it was or the way it is. So they want something different. Or the West so in general. They're actually literally pushing both of the other two options at the same exact time. So they're yeah. trying to create racial division. And when racial division doesn't work, then they're creating financial division. And financial division leads more into racial division because as that starts to work, then they start pushing the racial stuff again. So, so we're extremely fractured on, you know, ideology, finance, mm. you know, race, whatever. I, mm. I personally, I look around at, at my local community and I say we're closer than ever when it comes to race, but online and in general at large, it's not that way. Mm -hmm. and, well, we're, we're in a battle of cultures, first and foremost. Right. And I've had this discussion with people I know and friends and they bring up the race stuff and that's a huge topic. But ultimately what it comes down to is culture. If people think very similar to you, hold similar values, uh, cherish very similar things and want to live in a similar way to you and aren't personally threatening your own life and existence, human beings tend to throw out the other things. But and and it, it's just it's just it's just like physics. Um, two things that are cannot exist in the same place at the same time. It doesn't matter if it's particle physics. It doesn't matter if it's these two sharpies. They can't exist in the same space at the same time, and it also can't exist in regards to cultures. 
Right. Uh, we've seen this more times in history than not. When, so, when a new culture moves into a new area or a new population group, one of two things can happen. One side dominates the other or they blend and become an entirely new thing. So, so there's that. But even taking a further look from all of this is, you know, I'll be straight to say that, you know, human beings are creatures of worship. We are created, you know, and I will, I will gladly state this. I, I do come from, from the Christian faith. Human beings are created to worship and human beings have always worshiped. We always have. It's just a matter of what we've worshiped. Right. Whether it's our creator and father in heaven and Christ the king, who is king and is coming back, or we worship uh, our possessions, we worship our sports teams, we worship idols that we've made of our own hands, or we worship our political leaders. And people say, we don't, work, you know, people talk about the pharaohs of day, like, oh, they were so stupid worshiping the pharaoh. Are we not doing the exact same thing today, like worshiping the president or the presidential candidate or your favorite senator or congressman. It's, we're, we're doing the same exact thing today. We, we, we've re-entered in modern society, the era of God-King worship. And we're at that point because someone or some people in the, got the bright idea at the end of the 50s, beginning of 60s of full-scale replacing God Know, and I'm saying, I say that specifically in the Christian sense, from every aspect of Western culture, and now we bear the fruits of it. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> disagree. You know, and, and I'll say this. You know, as and I'm saying that as a person who's not fully and wholly religious in in the sense of mm-hmm. Christianity, Catholicism. I was born into a Catholic family. Um, mm-hmm. My mother and father were not very religious. They chose not to baptize me, but instead of baptizing me, they they introduced me to multiple religions. So I was able to choose my own path. And, and, and at the end of the day, I'll say that I am a practicing Catholic who doesn't go to church very often. I don't <laughs> believe that the church is necessarily the answer. Um, well, yeah. And, and, and most people religions... Told you, no, go, sorry, 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 go ahead. Go no, ahead. And, and, and the way I see it is most religions are essentially the same. Um, they, they all have the same value systems. They all have the same teachings. It's just how they're interpreted. And the church has changed its interpretation so many times that I think religion is really meant to the individual person and how they interpret it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, God has said, in, in fact, that whatever he holds true on earth, he too shall hold true in the heavens. And, and what I believe that means is not what the church believes, but it's as long as you lead a true and pure life, and you have values that you have followed, and you've dedicated yourself to being a better person and using those values, that you are okay regardless of whatever else. You know, it's what you hold true on earth, he will hold true in the heavens, so long as you held true to what you thought was true. And I know that's deep, but that's kind of the way I've interpreted religion over the years. You know, and that's that's a very deep discussion in and of itself. It's like, you know, what is the correct interpretation? Is right. there one? I mean, I I will say that I do believe wholeheartedly. I mean, yes, I was born into it, but the last few years have been a period of very deep introspection and 
recommitment and really trying to understand. And I do believe Christianity to be true. And then that gets into the whole discussion of, well, which, which iteration of it, Catholicism, Orthodoxy, Protestant, Lutheranism, it's like, oh gosh, that's a whole spider web in and of itself. <laughs> um, but keeping with the topic of what we discussed, Western culture, whether you agree with it or not, had Christianity and Christendom at its center. It did. And the teachings of both the Old and the New Testament were integral with the value system, the value systems and thus governments of what would spring up. Uh, there was a very good interview, I believe, way back, probably 20, 30 years ago, when a Harvard professor had a uh, Chinese uh, government official coming over and they were talking because the guy was just viewing American culture. And the Harvard professor asked him what he found most surprising about American culture. And he said, he said, without missing a beat, this Chinese individual said the, the importance that religion and faith has for the average citizen. And what he, and he further espoused that at, it was at that time, Americans were very deep in faith and religion, even if, even on a casual level and thus they would because they believed in the higher power they believed in the in a higher accountability that they would do the right thing far more often and of their own accord than if they were obeying purely an earthly government right and we're at a time and today where and i i do blame the church on this that we haven't really stood up for stood up for and sought to understand really what our core beliefs are and what they mean and how we maintain our communities and do not allow a degeneration of what we believe in to occur. And I understand completely why most people don't even like Christianity anymore because a lot of Christians are stuck up bungholes who don't really, who are high on themselves. And a lot of Christians also, but when it comes to the real things, put up an incredibly pathetic, weak image where they don't even stand up for themselves or their beliefs or their families. And we're seeing today a rise in the popularity of things like Islam and other pagan religions, because they, at least in the popular stream, they, per, they throw forth an entirely separate image, not being some weak, timid thing, but some strong masculine thing. Right. Yeah. I think the church, the church, the Catholic church, the Christian church has come a long way. Um, from the ages, you know, of the Crusaders and uh -huh. stuff like that, but not necessarily in a good way. So they've given up so much power to to go along, yeah, and I mean, try to do that. And, and and I think there's kind of a return to you know the everything being as it should be, essentially within the church, from what uh -huh. I've seen over the last couple of years. However, I think in a lot of cases, it almost seems as a, a right last-ditch effort. One second. No, not a problem. Uh, yeah, and just to continue, it kind of, to me, seems like a last-ditch effort to um, hold people within the church, to, to keep them going, um, coming to church, because they're losing a lot of viewers, um, you know, at, at the, the, the way it is. Um, so, um, 
uh, take a little break from the deep, deep introspection that we're having here, this little conversation, um, and, and kind of address the monkey in the room. Um, yes, uh, unfortunately, I don't have my beard anymore. So that happened last Saturday. <laughs> um, another one claimed by the coronavirus, um, unfortunately. So, that having to constantly wear a mask, it literally um, dried me out to the point where it was unbearable. Uh, I had to try trimming it up, and at the end of the day, it completely disappeared. So, that's why the beard is gone. So, All right, I'm back. <laughs> no, not a problem. Um, it was kind of good because we broke, we broke a little bit. And lightened the mood. <laughs> well, I think well, then Mario then here good... had the, you know, basically the, the spinning wheel of death um, that just literally, you know. Yeah, the spinning wheel of death is, is really hurting the Mario there. <laughs> uh, yes, Mario says, sorry, dude, I have to wear mine for eight hours. So what I did, I addressed the monkey in the room. For you, it's probably not that big of a deal because you don't know me very well, but um, I, I literally shaved off about eight inches of hair on Saturday. Oh, jeez. From my beard. So uh-huh. the, the mask wearing, the constant mask wearing uh, killed it. Uh-huh. Tried the skin out underneath so bad that it just, I had to trim it back. Was getting rid of the flyers, and as soon as I trimmed them up, it just went poof. Yeah. So Luckily, in my profession, being that it is... A lot of times outdoors and also you're working by yourself, though there are quote unquote rules to wear them. Uh, most of most of us don't uh, just due to the nature of the work and we can get away with it because our the people who are our supervisors and whatnot understand and are sympathetic and they don't really believe in the in the BS anyway. Uh, yeah, unfortunately for us in Wisconsin, our governor, governor decided to do a full mask mandate indoors, and my the bureaucrats in the company I work for chose to go lockstep. My owner, on the other hand, couldn't care less, but, who's well, my direct yeah. boss, but I have to follow suit, otherwise we have the mask Nazis crawling all over us. 15 days to flatten the curve. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> and, We're going to extend and, it until January 15th. Yeah, and then a hundred days of Biden's presidency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and so this this highlight. So you know, before we kind of go to a lighter mood, I, I want to take this moment to point out, like people, remember when we were kids or what? We would read about you know, quote unquote, you know, the Nazis or the Soviet Stalinists and how people could just rat on their neighbors so willingly and eagerly. Well, we we're seeing it now. Yeah. People will rat on coworkers for not wearing a mask for families down the street holding a party and then the then the gestapo shows up to fine you or, or even arrest you in some countries right and some countries are taking the point where if even if you post on social media a dissenting view or even a questioning view they show up to fine you or arrest you yeah so. and i've seen some of that you know australia or new zealand new zealand i think it was with the pregnant lady who literally posted something on facebook and was like i'll take it down just I'm due for. I got an appointment with my, you know, yeah. whatever, my doctor. Like they come in and arrest her. Like, where are we as a country that this is this has become acceptable? And and, and I know. Uh, well, it goes. That was not America, but 
to be honest, I mean, New Zealand and Australia, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with them. They are very similarly structured to the U.S., and if it can happen there, it can happen here. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're products of Western society and culture. And so even though some laws may be different, there's a similar understanding of a way of life and also a similar uh, similar way that society works as well as an enjoyment of economic benefits. And it goes back to the worship that I said, is people have gotten so comfortable in their current way of life. They're so attached to, and, you know, no, nothing I say is, that I've said in this stream or I will say comes from a standpoint of purity or non-affliction. But, you know, people get attached to their personal belongings or their quote-unquote rights slash privileges and, and they don't want to get fined. And so, you know, they start doing it and they, one, they, they tell on others to get rewarded. We, we've seen multiple governors and also country leaders, you know, actively encourage people to rat on their neighbors for financial reward. And other people just go along with it because they don't want to be, they don't want to be the ant that gets stepped on. Yeah. I, I've had, I mean, I even just had yeah. the discussion yesterday with my wife about literally it comes down to these individuals who are willing to just go out there and rat on people or do this or do that and, and trying to just go along. I mean, you get the people who are out there saying, just think of the grandparents, just think of the grandparents, you know, it, this just you can keep the small businesses closed just a little bit longer to help save those grandparents. That uh, small business put food on the table for thirty four fucking people. Mm -hmm. You know, twelve of the people that worked for that small business are at a point where they either need to steal, they need to rob. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I put the two as different because you steal from a business, you rob people. Mm -hmm. uh, or you go without. So uh -huh. in today's society, to be honest, robbing and stealing don't seem that far outside of the norm. Well, no, especially, especially if we follow what happened in the Weimar Republic and also Venezuela when currency and other forms of normal tender become worthless. It's, right. you know, what are you going to do? But, you know... We haven't gotten to that point yet. Things are interesting. Uh, it's it's become tolerable and even uh, allowed to, allowed to proceed because, like I said before, there's no community within the within the within uh, amongst the people who would otherwise resist. There's no organization. There's no there's no community. There's no organization. There's no associations. There's no support from the institutions of culture who would back them up. Right. I know. Sadly, when Black sadly, Lives Matter and Antifa either. took to the streets, um, they had the complete support of all the institutions of culture. If, uh, if another individual stands up and does a similar thing for the opposing viewpoint, they're crucified. Yep. I mean, uh, look at Kyle Rittenhouse. So. Kyle Rittenhouse is a great example where, you know, something like that is going to go through the court system. It's, it's, it, that's what happens in civil society. If there's a gunfight in the street, people there, there's going to be a court proceeding for it right. um the and that's just what happens in a civilized society it doesn't just get oh okay whatever no 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 it, it's going to court evidence is going to get analyzed yada yada but the fact that they immediately tried to crucify him from you know from the the institutions of culture before any guilt or innocence had been determined in a court of law by a jury of his peers he was already guilty 
And another great example, going back a few more years, is uh, that kid wearing the red hat who smiled smirkingly at the at the Native American dude beating a drum in his face. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, that kid was that kid enough, was guilty when when he was the guy who got run up on and wasn't and didn't enough, do. Both kids provided you know support by yeah. the same lawyer. At, yep. least until, um, at least until the election stuff happened, and then Lynn Wood decided he's going to go work for the government. So, yeah, but you know, how do we how do we survive in all this? That that's the question. The fact that these things exist is superfluous. You know, we don't choose the times; we just got to make do with them. Well, one, you know, kind of goes back to the gentleman savage thing: is one, get in tune with your core beliefs. Me and for people who are like me or yourself is get in tight with God. Christ is King. He's coming back. And this stuff will all get sorted out because when he does return, he will be the boss. He will be the King and he will rule with a rod of iron. <laughs> and there will be a swift and sudden end to all cullism and evil in this world for a time until the, until the final battle happens. And apart from that, build community build strong friendships outside of Facebook, people that are within a five to 30 minute drive of where you live, people that you can call on to support you. And, and on top of the support, build associations. If you're a business owner, get in touch with your other business owners in your block or your street or your neighborhoods and build an association that actually has the resources to pool for legal fights, if need be, to protect yourselves. Well, even take and that, to the, next, take, take that to the next level too of business because uh, mm-hmm. One thing that we've done recently uh, locally in our community is uh, we've created small groups of, you know, just in our industrial park area uh, of businesses that are willing to get together. And, and we actually have combined our emergency response systems. Mm-hmm. So that way, say there's an active shooter at a facility right across the street. They go on lockdown, but you go in, you go on with business as normal. Well, mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. You got guys walking between facilities, plants, this and that. You got to have those groups together so that there's good communication between you and, and you know what to expect. For two reasons. Number one, you want to protect the employees who need to be protected. And number two, there very legitimately could be a person in another building who could help in, in the situation that you have. I mean... Mm-hmm. In our building alone, we have uh, three active duty nasty girls. Uh, we have a couple of former Air Force guys, three Army Rangers, and two Navy vets. Mm-hmm. Pretty we got sure some people who could be. We got some people who've yeah, been some... in some shit situations. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the makeup of our area. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the majority of those yeah. businesses put together, that's you've got more than one or two fire teams if you have to. Yeah. And a partridge and a pear tree. Yes, Operator yeah. Tony. <laughs> uh, and apart from the building community and associations is also, and this is something that uh, <laughs> some people don't want to hear, but it's like start growing families. It's like, if, if you want to get married, seek out that partner, if God will grant them to you. And if you are married, well, and you are of a particular viewpoint, well, children are a blessing and an inheritance from the Lord. 
and have as many as you as many as you can and can afford to have because guess what one they are your future they will most likely carry on your beliefs and viewpoints if you if you raise them right and two you need to have a fire team of your own and, and at bare minimum a couple a couple ammo bearers <laughs> Uh, Somebody can tell the difference between red tip and black tip. Or, you know, red mags and blue mags, you know, that's the whole thing. Uh, So you need that. And also start understanding your own culture and where you come from. Uh, I mean, Western culture is a pretty interesting and amazing one that has done a lot for humanity on the world scale. Now, it's done some messed up stuff, but that's not unique to Western culture. It can be, you can find messed up stuff in anybody else. But it is an incredibly amazing thing. And they'll say, you know, the West has no culture. Um, wrong. <laughs> we are a culture of conquerors, pioneers, and explorers. We're not, you know, we have a lot to be proud of that our ancestors did, but we also, that means we have a very bright and heavy torch that we have to carry on. And we can't just let it die. I mean, did our ancestors do some messed up stuff? Yes, they did. But that's something that they personally will have to answer and give account for on the day of judgment, not us. Right. So we're not, we're not tied to their sins if they committed any. And, and, you know, and it's amazing. Like if you, again, for, for history, it's like what, you know, since I mentioned empire, things that came out of Western culture, I mean, the, the British Empire, the Spanish Empire, the Portuguese Empire, French and Germ- German conquests. I mean, I'm talking like imperial, like Prussian Germany, the great Russian Empire, you know, the, you know, Catalina the Great and all the other stuff. I mean, it's in, and on top of that, the amount of technological advancement and though originating in systems of monarchy and tyranny, if you follow the progression, it was almost like with a few setbacks, every next progression was for more and more liberty and advancement of the human condition. You don't really see that in some other cultures. Right. You see a further and further regression or a stagnation. Yeah. And, and, and in most cases, stagnation. You know, it, yes. And there's, you know, and I, I will say this uh, for, like, you know, everyone wants to mention China. China has a very long and prosperous culture and history. And they've, they're responsible for a lot of technological advancement and sciences. But if you want to look at them from a human value and liberty standpoint, uh-uh. <laughs> no, 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 no. You'll, you'll never find a, a, a culture that has fought so hard so long to remain subjects. And they enjoy being subjects. They, they seem to. They seem to be. And, and, as somebody uh, who has experience with Chinese employees and Chinese owners of businesses, I've never seen employees who have nothing to their name so excited to show you their boss's American car collection, which is just, to us, it seems stupid. You know, oh, well, he's got a Ford Raptor. There's a lot of people here who would like a Ford Raptor, but do you have any idea how much a Ford Raptor goes for in China? Oh, lot. Yeah, the guy can buy a freaking Bugatti for less than a chart than than a Ford Raptor costs. Just mm-hmm. for because 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 it it's American. It's illegal to import, so you have mm-hmm. to pay. It's basically like you got to take some weird roundabout ways to get it yeah, in there, pull yeah. some favors. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's like it, it, there's. So we have a lot to be proud of in our culture, but we have a very 
bright and heavy torch to, to carry on and also needs to be uh, reinvigorated and relit because the fire and flame is still there, but it's fading. And that saddens me greatly because to see so many of our own fellow, what's the word I'm looking for here? Our, 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 I hate to use the word, but it's the only way I come up with our fellow, you know, uh, comrades of Western culture, as well as our own countrymen, hate and despise it and try to tear it down. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I don't necessarily uh, think that they're necessarily our comrades in that. I no, think they've no. got this ideal in their head that, however it got there, that for some reason we aren't the best society. This isn't the best way to live. And they want to go to this socialist society or not even not even that, just this, this free society which seems utop- like a utopia. It really does. Utopia never they- exists. It doesn't work. Right, and the way they say it, it's like it's a utopia, but it, it, it doesn't exist, and you can't have that, because no matter what, there's still going to be an opposing point of view who is uh-huh. going to uh-huh. attempt to subjugate you, uh-huh. and as soon as a little bit of power is, is given or divided, uh-huh. the person who has that power is going to want more power, because we are uh-huh. people. We want yeah. more power. Utopia is only one more dead body away. Yeah, every time. Uh-huh. Every time. <laughs> And there's a lot of them that have, that have been tried. And I, I come from a science background and uh, there's this thing called the, uh, you know, the, the scientific process or <laughs> that you, you go, you know, you come up with a hypothesis and then a theory and then a way of testing that theory. And if it doesn't quite work out, you may adjust a few things. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's probably a wrong theory and you got to rethink the relations. Well, Socialism and communism have been experiments that have been repeated as nauseum with almost the same exact factors every single time. And it has the same exact outcome every single time. And it's like, yeah, this is not a good idea. <laughs> and uh, it, it should be treated as a virulent, malevol- you know, uh, uh, malignant cancer anywhere it shows up because its ultimate end result is just destruction, famine, genocide, and tyranny. It's, it's, yeah. Um, but, you know, going, taking a few steps back is, you know, understanding culture. And then, you know, so I'll maybe recap here. So strength, strengthen your faith and your creator. Also, I, I, I missed a step. Get yourselves strong, both physically and mentally for what's going on around you. Cause you need to be able to defend yourselves, your loved ones, and not just from physical threats, but also mental, mental threats. You need to, really understand where you come from on your culture you need to and take pride in it despite its flaws build your communities both within your own household so your family but also your neighborhoods and then become basically and I, and I don't mean this in a seditious way at all but it's like become ungovernable it's like mock the system every chance you get find its flaws poke your finger in it speak truth to power it's like our our personal heritage as Americans is we come from people who just said nah, and they were all, you know, a lot of them were, you know, bootleggers, uh, <laughs> bootleggers, spies, counterfeiters, and thieves, and just gunfighters, and people who just said no every chance they got to every form of authority. So we probably are, we are, American society is, is of the spawn of some of the most rebellious people that have ever walked the face of the earth. But they were rebellious to earthly powers, not 
not not to not to the higher powers right because they wanted to they, they wanted to and and justly so in a righteous fashion live as free men and that should that should be the same thing today and you know so there's there's a long road to go we're not at the point yet where it's unsalvageable but we're not far off right <laughs> and, and you know i think you know, to kind of just cap off and, and put it there. I think, I, I think, um, Brandon Herrera said it best when he was on that America and, and the world has always been a part of a political pendulum and, and a belief mm-hmm. pendulum. And a, as it swings from one side to the other, obviously, you know, nobody enjoys the ride, but we're at a point where it has to start swinging back the other way. Or something's gonna break. So well, it, it could keep swinging the other way a little bit more. It could, and it I could. and and I will say, and I will say, like you said, it's gotta swing the other way, and I believe it will because we're already seeing the seeds of resistance. Yeah. You know. And, and I think it's I think it is coming back the other way, and and even if we don't see the seeds of resistance, you know, I, I see some of it. I don't think a lot of people, and and some people may get mad at me for this. I think. A lot of people who think they would stand and do something won't. <laughs> I've got a yeah. bad habit of that these last couple of weeks of kind of just saying, you know, putting people down and, and, and being real. The fact of the matter is there's a lot of fucking people out here who are screaming for the boogaloo or this or that. But at the end of the day, they haven't thought about what that actually means. No, and They are um... not prepared to do what actually will happen mm-hmm. should they get what they want. Well, a couple of things is the most direct quote to that is uh, if anyone's seen the Patriot, there's that scene where they're in the con- when they're in the Congress in Pennsylvania or whatnot, and Mel Gibson's character basically says, you know, you know, he says in so many words, "I've seen combat, and it was on the frontier. If you if you get this war that you want, your children will see of it in their own eyes, in their own backyards, and it ain't gonna be pretty." and the you know, people screaming for the boogaloo it's like well okay if you want to know what that's going to look like start pulling up footage from yugoslavia in the 90s or heck even start looking at kind of what's going on in syria or or, or the ukraine right now it's it's not pretty it's not clean it's not fun at all this isn't and, it's not a, it's not a hawaiian shirt flip-flops and fucking AKs type of day. I know AKs no, are going to be there, but it ain't going to be Hawaiian shirts and flip-flops. No, it's not. It, it's it's not. It's and it's it'll no way in and in the cycle of history, it, it's inevitable. It'll happen one way or another. It happens to pretty much every society and culture that's ever existed. And we've already had it happen at least once in our culture. You know, there was a civil war, there was the whiskey rebellion before that. Uh, there was, you know, you know, John, Harper's Ferry Bridge, and then there was like a whole host of the, you know, our civil unrest and whatnot. But it'll happen again, and right. it's not going to be pretty. It's nothing anyone should hope for. It's something. It's something that people should pray ardently for that it never happens, and that whatever problem is at hand in our society can be healed and corrected by another means. Uh, but it very well could happen and you need to understand it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be the stuff of your worst nightmares. Yep. And- Especially because the violence, because if it happens, the violence that you saw happen this last year, 
will be child's play by comparison because when it does happen, all the stops will be pulled. No one will give a flying rat's ass about government mandates, orders, laws, uh, legal process, nothing. It will be, it'll probably be akin to cartel violence is probably what I can. And and, and a lot of people tend to believe like, oh, if this happens, it's not going to be long. It's going to be 15, 30 days and it'll be over (laughs) because we're fighting a bunch of fucking idiots with dildos. Uh, I don't know what, you know, people have been paying attention to, but the fact of the matter is, yes, there are these people who are on TV who are waving around their dildos, wearing their pussy hats, having a fucking good old time. Those aren't the people who are going to be fighting the other side. They've well, got some people of them, who are some just of as willing. Some of them well, some will, of them be. will I mean, be. But I mean, just just, just look at the mug shots from the Antifa arrests. I mean, I mean, come yeah. on. I think but. I think what that is. I think what that is 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 a front for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you want, if you want to see what kind of opposition is out there and what kind of real opposition is out there, I I, I come from the older three percenter community, and I've been mm-hmm. paying attention to these people for a long time. These militias exist. They're not out on the internet because. Just like any good militia, they have OPSEC. Mm-hmm. But the John Brown Gun Club, nobody's listen, Nobody's talking about them. Well, John Brown Gun Club is as... They're not going to be on the right side of history when it comes out. Because these are the people who are backing Antifa with guns. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, yeah, people think it's going to be like the Civil War all over again, where you've got sides. And no, it's it's going to be clan on clan violence. It's going to be cells. sect on sect yeah. violence. If it's probably the, I mean, I heard someone say it's not going to be uniformed rank fighting, where you've got these guys in this uniform uniformly fighting these people in this uniform. It's not going to be that. It's going to be like Yugoslavia. It's going to be like cartel violence over territories and another great example is it's probably going to be a lot like the uh the, the northern ireland mm-hmm. and you're and the great an example of that is where well there's that guy who got shot up in portland that that trump supporter and that was a hit it was it was planned out it was executed via ops i mean i saw the whole videos on it i mean it was all street stuff and uh trade craft and it was Guy stood. The guy stood no chance. He was spotted. He was hunted. He was tailed, and he was capped. Done. Yep. So, you know. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's just something that you know. I, I have this name, you know, that's mm-hmm. right down here. You know, uh, you know, starts yeah. over here, whatever. It's I play. I played on the meme. Really, is what I did. With, it, with this name and my goal with it is more not to propagate or you know promulgate the whole boog or the big igloo mm-hmm. whatever you want to say and it's more to be a, a voice of reason I guess I don't care I guess I'm very centrist in this whole thing but mm-hmm. at the same time I have a side um, I, I will be on the right side yeah. You know, when it everyone, comes down everyone to has everyone has a side when the chips are down. Right. I believe that everybody can do whatever the fuck they want, so long as it doesn't affect me, hurt me, or hurt anybody else. And and 
I, I guess that makes me centrist in some aspects. But I do also believe in a free society, and, and that's part of it. Like, I don't care. You, you are given your right to the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whatever your happiness means, so long as it doesn't interfere with anybody else's life, liberty, or their pursuit of happiness. So... I say we do Robert Heinlein's model, Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Service guaranteed too. citizenship. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you want to if you want a part of the franchise, you gotta do your time. <laughs> and fight the arachnid threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think it would create a lot of people who um, would have a little bit more respect for life. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Well, plus, that we're and plus, you, we, we, we would get co ed showers too. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. So, so there's oh, that. Oh, gosh. Uh, and, and, and people would get and people would get whipped in the square for doing dumbass stuff because you know what? Being stupid should hurt, and it, it doesn't should. hurt anymore to be stupid. It should. Service guarantees citizenship. Yep. Yep. You yes. got a chamber defense. Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, you know, that's a good point. We'll kind of just break there a little bit. We'll <laughs> come back, come back to something a little bit, you know, less deep. Um, we all know America is going to be America, whether it's the America we want or the, or not. So, uh, you know, I, well, you know, war never changes. So, you know, I, I do foresee the red Chinese striking first and then we'll have to annex Canada because the Canadians aren't doing anything with it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a great. And then, you know, what we could do is a uh, per Ron white strategy is we could, you could, we could buy Mexico, spruce it up and then flip it for a profit. <laughs> <laughs> And have, gonna, and have a I'm greater gonna, a, a greater American continent. I'm gonna cut my camera for one second. It literally, <laughs> apparently, my plug came undone. I will be right okay. back here. Uh, well, hopefully, you guys are enjoying my silliness tonight and my my thoughts. <laughs> oh boy. good all right <laughs> all of a sudden it looked up and it said nine minutes and i'm like uh it should be on bat it should be on cord power what's going on <laughs> i got a new camera um that's why the quality looks better we're no longer running this on the gopro which i love the gopro it's been great it served me well um we just upgraded mm -hmm. this week so yeah <sighs> That's fun. Still playing with it. Still figuring it out. Apparently mm -hmm. forgetting to plug it in, or at least the plug came undone. Yeah. So, but we didn't cut out completely, yeah, like, so we win. Yeah, but chamber defense, like you know, service guarantees citizenship. It's like the American citizen or the average Western citizen of Western culture, whether you're in Spain, France, Germany, you know, wherever. But especially in the American context, they really don't understand the massive amount of political power that, and opportunity that basically someone of the quote-unquote peasant class wields 
I mean, like what we have is something that really hasn't been seen before in history for the most part. I mean, and people treat it as if it's some common thing and it's not, and it was paid for at an extremely high price, but it's not valued at all. And it's, well, that's not nice, American white guy. Yeah, no, see, I was just going to type back to him, but I'll, I'll just call it up. Yeah, I didn't get actually uglier. Um, I just got, my ugly just got higher definition. <laughs> Jeez, man, being savage on yourself. Hey, you know, if I can't do it to myself, then, uh, then I'm, I can't take it from other people. So I, I, yeah, don't, I don't care. I, I, I'm, I'm of that guy who I, I, nobody can say anything to me that I haven't said to myself way worse already, so. <laughs> so you know, I, I just got a question because I don't really because you said you you've followed my stuff and you know uh, enjoy like is there any particular brand of what I put out that you tend to enjoy more than others? No, you know honestly, I just lately with the with the more godly stuff, I think it's kind of a good interjection. Sometimes um, you don't see it at all on social media, really, from anybody because you know. Back in the day, it was always, there's two things you don't talk about. Uh, religion and politics, right? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody talks about fucking politics now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to get a little bit of the religion in there, too. So I, I do like seeing that. Um, like I said, I, it's not something that I go out and search for. But when I'm going through, it's kind of nice to see those quotes. And there's two people that I follow who are very heavy into sharing uh, the word of the Lord in some form or other. Um, one is you and the other one goes by St. Mises, who's an art and he's an artist um, based mm-hmm. out of Chicago who um, constantly is, is putting up Bible verses, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I respect that. I respect the, the forwardness in a society who literally you can, you can probably it's probably better for you to be a Trump supporter openly than it is for you to be a religious person openly. In most cases. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's sad how hostile people are or the society as a whole and the institutions of culture are to someone who professes faith. And I will say professes faith in Christ specifically, because if someone professes faith in a Buddhist sense or a Hindu sense or an Islamic sense, no issues, no one cares. Right. But as soon as you profess faith in Christ, they get all up in arms, which leads me to believe that, (laughs) you know, when people start getting angry, that means you've hit a nerve that's really close to home to their own faults and something that they are in direct opposition against. And, yeah, I would rather be on the winning team than <laughs> on – I would rather be in the camp of that army than in its opposition because throughout history <laughs> – yeah, let's just say Christ is a very good winning streak. That's fair. I wouldn't disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and to, the, to that point too, it's <sighs> – yeah, I'll kind of just leave it there. Like you said, you said it as good as it can be said. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't need to be expounded upon. Um, no. Chamber defense says America needs God now. Part of the reason things have fallen off so much. Yep. I, it, yep. It, it, it is. 
Um, you know, if anybody's curious, and, and I've heard the arguments against the whole, like, God was not a part of the religion. It wasn't really the center of everything, you know, with America's founding fathers. Go look up the White Rose Society and 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 look at the things that they, they taught. And, and then take that and, and go back and actually read the founding documents and see what actually matters. And the reason I bring up the White Rose Society is because they they argued heavily against God being at the center of everything at the same time completely saying the opposite that it was. But go back and read the founding documents and it's a hundred percent right there in your face. You know? Yep. There's no yep. way around it. Nope. Uh, you can and even if you don't want to read the founding documents, because they are a plenty. There's words. I mean, I think I, I have an audio version that I listen to every once in a while, just because I think it's fun. <laughs> well, honestly, if, if just on that topic, and this is not, this is just purely in regards to the literature itself. I truly believe that 18th century and mid 19th, you know, 18th century to mid 19th century English was the most beautiful poetic form that our language has ever had because it is in such a way that when you read it you can understand everything that is being said there's no shakespearean bs in there right. at all right and but it is, it is but it is written in a form that is almost poetic and it flows so well and it uses such verbiage that we never like the english that we speak today is a highly dumbed down version of what they were using right and when you read it it's like english that we write today oh gosh yeah i mean when when you read that stuff it's like even when you're reading a quote-unquote legal document you're going this is poetry (laughs) i mean it's incredible and my how far we have fallen from a from a literary from a literary and language structure standpoint yeah absolutely i mean you know this is this it's one of the reasons why the documents have held up over the years Mm -hmm. and and people argue you know the validity of them but the fact of the matter is is the people who do that don't have a full understanding of exactly what they're reading and and the structure that it was set up with and, and the way it is the punctuation that they used just even in 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 the Second Amendment, the punctuation is purposeful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, not just, just done. It's not comment. just done to break it up, because mm-hmm. that's how Americans do it now, especially. Like we just we put a period to break it up. Mm-hmm. You know, we we legitimately used to write in a manner that that semicolon or the it it all mattered. It all meant something different. Yeah, it was very important because what you, how you did that could change the entire meaning and did change the entire meaning of what you were trying to present. Uh, And that's why I absolutely get irate when I hear these modern interpretations of what our Constitution and the Bill of Rights is meaning when they say it. It's just like, are you stupid? I mean, well, one, they're doing, I'm like, one, you're interpreting something you know almost 300 years outside of the context of when it was written you're looking at it from a completely different understanding literary literary and linguistic understanding 
and you're and you're not taking into account terminology that was used how it was used at the time and like like okay we'll just use the second amendment because everyone here is probably familiar with it it says a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security you know okay you you have someone read that god forbid a democrat and they mean oh well that means it's it needs to be heavily uh controlled scrutinized and uh oh gosh and litigiously regulated by the government no that's not what it meant it meant a very well disciplined and well structured right it, it meant it meant something it, it meant a well-regulated militia was their way of saying that these people got their shit together and they are a force to be reckoned with right it, it, the, 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 these weren't people who were just you know with a with a knapsack and a rifle these were people who were fully decked out and equipped to wage war right at the time the, yeah. the arms that they had, the arms that they bear, were the same as any military standing against them. Oh yeah, yeah. If you looked at a fully equipped American militiaman of the time, there was no difference in equipment between what he had and and a red coat or a French imperial or a Spanish imperial soldier had. Yeah. Literally, literally had all... the only difference between the militia and and the Quakers, the the, the soldiers who were fighting, mm-hmm. was the garb that they were wearing, the clothes on their back. Mm-hmm. And possibly some training, but a lot of these guys were also veterans of the French in, the French Indian Wars, and they were not to be trifled with. And people forget this is like, oh, Second Amendment means this. Uh, no, if you look at the context, the first artillery pieces by the uh, that the Continental Army possessed were leased from private citizens. Right. You had private citizens who owned artillery. That'd be like a private citizen today owning a hundred and fifty-five millimeter howitzer battery. And the first ships of the Continental Navy were leased warships from private individuals. There were private individuals or private companies, probably, who literally owned fully manned and equipped and supplied frigates. And and that's the way it had to be, though. Yeah. These these people, like like the founding documents and, and like, they were put together to protect the rights we already had. Yeah, I mean... And yeah, and it's like, well, people talk about in the Constitution is so shattered and splattered and shotgun today. It's like, you know, does it even matter anymore? Because no one follows any, everyone just does whatever the hell they want to do, like hence the lockdowns. But it's like, yeah, if 2A was literally applied in the same context, there would be literal, and I'm not talking about through legal exception or legal loophole there would just be people and groups of people who had private air forces like you know fully decked out and equipped f-15s and f-16s guys who owned fully equipped and supplied destroyers and aircraft carriers tank battalions apache gunships artillery pieces all of it there, there there'd be no difference in, in most mean, cases when that was written the people were better armed than the government because the people could afford it the government couldn't yeah. How yeah. how have we changed that around? Taxes. We, the people Lots of taxes. Have, we the people have given in. I mean, think about we put all that tea in the harbor for a three percent tax hike. We did, and now and now we're. How much did through, your insurance go up last year? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at it, you know, people are put spending about thirty percent of their income in taxes. Right. You know, there's there's a great meme a while back which shows the founding fathers, and they say we would have been stacking bodies by now. And you know what? That's 
historically probably accurate. They'd be turning in their graves if they could be seeing what the citizens are allowing themselves to be sub right. subjected to. And again, this is not a call for seditious acts or anything. This is just a statement of comparative history. Right. Yeah, yeah we're not saying go out and do anything. It's just a matter of like, look at what, look around. Like we're sitting here talking about this because history has shown us what needs to happen. We gave all this power to him, and and don't don't believe all these yeah. people. Things are going to go back to normal in June. The fuck no, they're they not. are. You no, gave them not. power. You gave them the fucking power to say this is okay. Well, you know, everyone can be forgiven for the first lockdowns because we didn't know what was going to. You know, everyone thought this was probably going to be like the next Black Death. So it's just right. like, okay, well, let's let's just stay inside for a couple of weeks. Let's just. Let this blow over and see what happens. Well, no. And now they're doing it. It's like, yeah, well, and this is why people say, you know, people laugh at gun people for like why they stand up so hard for what they believe in. Because like, look what they did to us. It was 15 days to flatten the curve. And now they stole your jobs, stole your businesses, stole your income, stole your families. And then they stole your face. Right. All, all, all inside of a year. It's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember who said it earlier, but it was something I know. I think we've said before on the stream that you know a year ago, they had called the cops on you for putting a mask on before you made it into a store. Yeah. Today they're calling the cops on you if you don't put a mask on before you walk in the store. Which shows how sheep-like most people are. Right. And again, it comes into opsec. It's like you know, do what you have to do so that you can live as free as you can. And if that means maybe, you know, doing a little OPSEC and urban camouflage so you can get into a store to, to get the stuff you need, but then, you know, defy. Take the mask off when you're down, going down the aisle. If you're getting close to somebody, like, hey, maybe put it back on if you don't feel comfortable or whatnot. If not, oh, well, just keep going about your business. See who stops you or says something. Right. It's like, do what you got to do to live free. Just be in, be in defiance as much as you can. And try to regain your freedoms and your lives back. So, what do you, what are your opinions on the vaccine? On the what? On the vaccine. Oh, the vaccine. Well, life has taught me in anything in life, whether it's a car, a video game, a, a, a new rifle, or whatnot, is never get the first generation of anything because <laughs> there's going to be problems. And I do have a science and medical background, and I'm not I'm not enthused by how fast this thing is being brought to market. And I also don't trust the people who are developing it or who are putting a lot of stake in it and funding it. Uh, no, no, thank you. And especially when it's something that, from the medical perspective, and I have. <laughs> All right, uh, laughter. Bye. Thanks for coming. Bye. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, no, no, it's like, this is something that is so similar to the flu that it's almost indistinguishable, except for loss of smell and taste. But and not everybody. Not everybody, but you know, not everybody, you know, every, a lot of people die from the flu too. And the <laughs> flu has a vaccine and still people, you know, the flu still kills 45 to 60,000 people a year. No, I look at it this way too, like... I honestly, I haven't taken, I haven't gotten a flu vaccine or a flu mm -hmm. shot ever. No. And I want to be clear here. I'm not arguing against vaccines. I'm not. Right. Vaccines do work, especially when they're properly vetted 
They've gone through the process. And that's why we don't deal with polio in the West anymore. Right. Yeah. That's why we don't deal with a lot of stuff. It's because it's been wiped out. But there's things like, you know, the common cold. We don't have a vaccine for that. We have the flu. The vaccine kind of works if they figure out the right strain. Right. COVID, there's too much other bullshit going on with COVID for me to consider taking a vaccine for it. To to me, the whole COVID vaccine thing isn't necessary. Like we're gonna get to a point, and, and I don't, and this is just from my understanding of medicinal mm-hmm. and vaccines, what they do. So vaccines mm-hmm. promote a antibody response within the body. Supposed to, yeah. For them, they're, for they're, them to it's work. basically, yeah, it's basically so that your body can recognize something that is harmful to you, but it's presented in such a state that it's either not active or it's just the target marker, so that right. it can fight it. Right. And they're like, okay, we've had target practice. We, we've done a few dry runs. We know what this is. So when it shows up, the body can just kill it on site. Right. Um, so that works. That's true. Um, I mean, it's why we don't have polio anymore or smallpox or things like, like this that we don't deal with anymore. Um, but I, until proven otherwise, I have a massive suspicion that the COVID vaccine is going to be used in such a fashion to push other agendas like i'm already seeing things popping up about hell even like new zealand was proposing like setting up camps for people who don't ha- get the vaccine How about I'm master? yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing uh proposals being put up that you know you don't get your stimulus check unless you get a vaccine uh most likely like you won't be able to fly in airlines or go to movie theaters or concerts unless you have papers saying you've gotten a covid vaccine so they're going to use it for other nefarious purposes of control. Right. And so that's why I'm not, I'm not. your papers to travel. Yeah. That's where we're headed. If mm-hmm. this becomes mandated and they want to push it, you know? Yep. And so, and, and, and who's to that, say that they're not going to slip something inside of that vaccine that then when we transition to say a possible cashless society and now you got the bill gates microsoft chip and oh look uh you said something offensive to minority x y or z yep, exactly. now we're going to turn off all your finances for a month you know yep no nope, i actually i had that conversation with the wife at the dinner table tonight about it yeah. <laughs> yep like it, it's and they've already started going cashless with this virus they've used the virus for that too yeah, you know, well, uh, there's, they've artificially but, created a coin shortage, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, they've made it you know in certain areas and certain places where they won't even accept cash because they don't want to do the hand to hand transfer. Yeah, I know. You're touching my fucking credit card. How's that any goddamn different? Yeah, you're touching my credit card. The the funniest thing I ever saw. This is this is recently. Um, I'll go with the family and we'll go to the tennis court or the pickleball court and we'll play. Good times. The team next to us, they've all got they got masks on. You're outside, okay? You're outside in a tennis court or a pickleball court. They've all got masks on. They've all got gloves on while they're playing and swinging their mitts. Well, one of their balls gets knocked over and goes into our court, okay? I go to pick up the ball and bring it to them. And they're like, no, 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 don't touch it with your hands. It's like <laughs> You realize what this ball has been rolling on. It's called the floor in an outside sports court that's got dirt and grit and other bacteria and debris and other viruses. 
and then people are stepping on as well and hopping all over. It's like, what is on my hands is not going to make a hill of beans a difference. What's on that ball. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think people have been so much fear has been injected into people over this virus. And, yeah. and here's the thing about the vaccine, too. I, I honestly think even if the vaccine comes out, maybe it will be safe. There's a good chance in my eyes, the way this is being pushed, that the vaccine is going to probably be 60 to 70% placebo. Oh, yeah. Well, Just because well, the fact you, 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 you they know need it is with Clinton, Obama, fear. and Bush getting it on TV to right. prove that it's safe. They need to quell the fear that they created. It's it's to the point where there's no way they can just say, okay, everybody, it's safe to go outside. Because they've injected this fear into so many people, and they've created a society that legitimately cannot go back to work because they're too afraid. No, they won't go back to work because they fine the hell out of them if they do. Or they stimulate, the, they, they give them $600 a week to stay unemployed. Yeah, that guys like you and me pay for through our taxes because we're still working. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's true. Chamber defense, like I I did, uh, like like you said, man. I I, I come from an EMS background as well. I'm actually uh, I, have, I have a paramedic background. Yeah, PPE, like you use gloves. They're single use, single contact items. You use them on the patient that you're on, and then when you're done, you trip them off and toss them, and get, and get the next set. I'm completely baffled being a person who's similarly, you know, paramedic, EMT. Um, how the fuck can they wear them all day? I don't I, I know. Can barely get, I can barely get through, you know, stopping the bleed before I got to change the gloves because one broke through. Yeah, one broke through or, you know, you just you can't get them off fast enough because your hands are in a sweat sauna. And you take them like, I'm, I'm sure you've worked a code where, you know, you worked a code. And yep. you know, when you're finally done and you've done the patient transfer in the OR and you've got, you get out of there, you've done your cleanup, you, you take them the off, your hands of... are freaking white and wrinkled and you can see every freaking callus in your hand. I, it's like, I've, I've legitimately had it where like I pulled it off and like my shirt got wet. It looked like I spilled a cup on me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like you'll, you'll get in a little too, it'll just be this, sp- this spray of like sweat going yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> Disgusting. And then you're just yep. like, there was one hospital that we go to a lot that they actually installed in the ER for, for guys like us, a, a big, a big giant, like fan, like hand dryer. So you could go in there like, in just like, like industrial, like you go up to your yeah. elbows and you could just dry your arms and your hands out from like all the sweat that you'd build up after like working a code or something. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get people today yeah and also similar background we both know how silly wearing masks is all day right and it's like no uh, i i know what the filtration rate is on these masks and it ain't gonna stop something that small sorry i deal with micron filtration at work and this is not a micron the mask is to stop someone from someone's sputtle or blood spray from getting on you it's not or their vomit it's not for something that's like half a micron well and then it's like we we work in cubicles in the engineering department which is standard like everywhere but you got to be more than six feet away from somebody right this is this is the thing (laughs) 
Your cubicle, but, you're already self-contained. But our cubicle wall all of a sudden makes it okay. It's like I know. literally dude is sitting two feet away from me on the other side of this beautiful foam wall. <laughs> and when we stand up, we're literally face to face with each other two feet away. Yeah, it's it's all stupid. Everyone's making up the rules as they go. There's no real science behind any of it. It's just it's just uh, this is what happens when you've got a compliant population that is fearful, headed by people who are little Pol Pot dictators who figure out they can say whatever they want to say and everyone will fall in line. Right. And that's the point that we're at. Yep, and it's sad to see America at this point. And it's also, I would say, the result of the over-industrialization and urbanization of our lives. If most people were agrarian, they wouldn't give two shits about what some governor said. Right. It's like, I'm just going to go back to tilling my field. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well. You know, and, and that, you know, I, I don't even know where to go from there because it's, that's a lot of truth. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it's, war, it's... war never changes. <laughs> right back at it. That's perfect. <laughs> so, you know, this has been fun. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I kind of told you we'd be about an hour, and, and here we are, you know, hour and Dude, 40 minutes into you got, it. You got, you got me on, and you know the crew I hang out with. We go yeah. a long yeah. time. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, Tufu, <laughs> Tufu is, is one of those that, that's good at going for a long, long time. Oh, he'll just go and go and go. And, it, it, and it's, you know, yeah, it's, our, it's a great time. Our post-election shit show went for like five hours compliments of Tufu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I appreciate this conversation. I think, everybody, you know, everybody here has kind of gotten something from it. it. It's definitely been fun. And, and I'll yeah. let you get back to your family and doing what you got to do. Um, oh, man, I, I appreciate there, the invite. This is there is, anything yeah, this... you want to shout out? Anybody? Any, anything you want to shout out? I see you got the H A H patch on. So this this goes this goes back to culture as well, and also like being history. Is that if you want probably one of the best pages for kind of Western culture and history and military, you know, especially military history. We're talking like peak of Cold War stuff and before and immediately post after find a high adventure history on instagram you will have to request a follow um he does vet the people that he allows to follow him pretty heavily he doesn't do anything controversial at all but he just doesn't want someone to zuck him as we're all afraid of these days because and he, awesome page he does a lot of inter, a lot of polls for like patches and swag and he's tied in with a lot of other cool people in Instagram, like non-compliant clothing roadies plaid uh, Delta Magna. Uh, there's a lot of awesome people who are trying to relight the fire of, I hate to say it now, like old school Western culture and bring it to life. And it's a really, and they're really good people. It's really, it's a really good time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what, what this is right here. And all I can other say is like everyone just understand that, you know, these are going to be really interesting times that we're in, no matter what way they go. Be savage, be independent in as many ways as you can. And if you're not independent in anything, start learning how to be, uh, be true to your, be true to your beliefs and your faith. Keep the faith, especially 
and be true and strong with your families and build your communities because that's the only way that uh, it's going to improve. You got to have an inheritance and something to pass on and people to pass it on to. And if you don't do that, we're just going to wither and die. <laughs> that's about it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, with that, I, I do appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. Um, oh, it was my pleasure. I'm, I'm not used to being invited to things like this, much less driving the conversation. So this was kind of fun for me. <laughs> you know, I, and that's kind of the thing. You know, I just reach out to random people that are, you know, I, I think have a decent sense of mm-hmm. self yeah. and, and try to do this. So well, um, hopefully this is kind of what you were looking for and what your viewers were looking for. I just yeah. kind of I, shot I think, from the hip. I think after the last two weeks where uh, we, we've dealt with, uh, rescheduling of guests and stuff like that and of others. Um, it was a welcome change of pace yeah. to have somebody other than me on the stream again. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I um, do appreciate the invite. I will admit, I will admit when you first contacted me, I was like, who is this? <laughs> well, how do they know me? Why are they? <laughs> so I had to, but once I started seeing who you'd had on and reached out and got the, got the positive feedback, I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not big, and, and that's good for us because we uh, just dive into whatever and don't care. So, well, you know what? It allows us to have the purest form of discussion, and it doesn't have to be the big groups that make the biggest change. Exactly. And you know what? It, it's it's fun, too, because it's kind of lets people go off-brand if they want to, and, and that's part of you know some mm-hmm. of the other individuals. I think when Brandon Herrera was on, um, oh, God. at one point he, he literally said, he's like, I had no idea that I was going to come on here and we were going to be talking about finances or my legal degree. <laughs> well, did you at least talk about his his hair at least one time? Well, of course. I think we actually called it hair era. The show. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, <laughs> Tufu's, I was going to bring up something hair, about, you know, uh, Oh gosh, you know it. Like you know, is is the is the AK fifty vaporware still, or is it? Uh... <laughs> he did yeah. bring it back in a recent video, Gen Gen one anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I say that in jest. Brandon's a good friend. Uh, you know, any anything I say about Brandon is not in any way to slight him at all. He's a good dude. He's been more than fair to me and my friends. Uh, he's got un- he's got uh, unrevocable crash privileges on our projects. And uh, but you know when you're good friends with someone, what do you do? You sling them a little bit of guff every here, every once exactly, in a while. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, with that said, I'll just give my little spiel here. Um, like I said, we do this every week just to have fun and have fun conversations. Um, next week, for those who are still watching, um, I'll give you a little heads up. Um, we're going to have stilettos and shotguns on next week. Nice. If you're familiar with uh, Carrie. So she's going to come on. We're going to have an uh, interesting conversation there. So that will be hitting the uh, uh, the blog Monday morning. A little bit of update on that. Uh, guests coming the week after that, and then there's Christmas. So we're probably going to take a break on that, let everybody have family because – yeah, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. It, it is our day, but it's Christmas, so that's family day. So um, we're not going to do anything that day. So uh, on the store, we have 25% off uh, through December 10th, I think. 
I think December 8th is the final day that I can guarantee that I can get everything to you before the Christmas holiday. But December 10th, we're, we're doing 25% off till then. So hurry in there. Um, we do have some people have saw it today. We actually pulled it off because we got some uh, Slavic influence uh, who reached out to us and said, you know what, you did it wrong. So um, tomorrow morning, probably 10 o'clock time frame, we will be dropping the um, Fuck Antifa in Cyrillic. And it has been vetted by our Slavic buddy who told me I screwed it up the first time. So this is exactly as it should be. We will be releasing that again, like I said, tomorrow probably right around 10 o'clock in the morning. So um, there's only a couple of those have been ordered. Everybody who ordered one already um, in the old version, y'all have been emailed and notified and, and y'all okayed getting the actual corrected one. And it wasn't that it was wrong. It was just that it was weak. So basically in Cyrillic, there's uh, two different versions of the word fuck. Uh, one that's basically very soft. And one that actually means get fucked, basically. So we're correct all about the, now. It's all about the inflection, right? <laughs> exactly. So we've been vetted. We've been corrected. And uh, that actually came came to us, actually, by our good friend, Tuck. So um, Tuck's a he, good dude. Yeah, he reached out. He's like, hey, you, I, I, I put this to, to my Slavic buddy, and you fucked it up. <laughs> I appreciate it, but he ordered one, so I, I'm willing to change it. I'd have changed it for anybody who'd have reached out and said something. So, um, for that, I appreciate it. Talk if you watch this, thank you. Um, hi, Cap. Again, thanks for your time. I appreciate My it. My pleasure. Um, if anybody doesn't know who he is, go to his Instagram, check him out at Hi Cap Clipazine. It is right underneath him here, um, over on Instagram. I believe I also have a link to it on our blog at openmike.boogbrand.com. Uh, mm -hmm. Under under his blog, there's a link to to your Instagram directly. So appreciate it. Thanks everybody for stopping by, and you know, I uh, Zane, good evening, good night, stay safe, have a good weekend, and for God's sakes, don't shoot yourself in the dick. Don't do that, no. <laughs>